I'm Dan Joseph. You're listening to the Dan Joseph's America podcast. It doesn't get much attention these days with all the other international conflicts going on. But in Yemen, there is currently a proxy war going on between Iran and Saudi Arabia. I know a lot of people don't know this. Iran's uh, supporting a group called the Houthis. The Houthis want control of Yemen. They've been attacking ships in the Red Sea where a lot of oil goes through, is transported to the west through uh, straits near Yemen. The Houthis are a lot like Hamas. They're a lot like Hezbollah. They're funded by Iran. They hate the West. They hate Israel. And their recent aggression in the area has, has us worried that the issues that already exist in the Middle East are going to escalate even further. Yesterday, then, the U.S. and Great Britain uh, launched a strike. They bombed a bunch of sites used by the Houthis in Yemen. And the U.S. military says they struck command and control nodes, launching systems, production facilities, and air defense radar systems. All right. I, I don't have a problem with that. But why – a lot of people are asking, why do we care about Yemen? Why, what, why, why are we intervening in Yemen? It's one of the world's poorest countries. They're experiencing an immense humanitarian crisis right now in Yemen. They're near waterways, like I mentioned, through which oil is transported. But it's really not about that. It's really about regional stability. Iran and their religious kooks who lead the country want to undermine the influence of Saudi Arabia, which, yes, there are still a lot of religious kooks there. But they're rapidly modernizing, unlike Iran. And, of course, we support Saudi Arabia because they are a bulwark against Iran expanding their influence in the region. Iran is dangerous. There's no question about it. They're religious fanatics, yes. They support terror. They're trying to get a nuke. They hate Israel. They've threatened to wipe it off the map. All of the above with Iran. Really bad guys. So the effort to keep them in check is important. If if terrorists get control of the biggest country in the Middle East or one of the biggest countries in the Middle East, that's, that's a really bad sign, and you watch out. Because terrorists will be allowed to fester, they'll have safe harbor there, and you'll you'll basically get more 9-11s. That's, that's what you will get. Now, when Biden and the UK struck Yemen last night, there were people on both sides who were upset. Because tensions are really high right now, especially when it comes to the Israeli-Hamas conflict. So this sort of spilled over because it's in the same region. On the far left, they were mad because... This is also seen as an effort to protect Israel. I mean, they aren't even hiding it anymore on the left. They hate Israel, right? We we know this. Plus, the left has traditionally been the side that opposes intervention in, in other nations' conflicts. Vietnam and Iraq, those are the two big examples. Those anti-war movements were kick-started by the left. So it's natural for the left to not want our military to be involved in these kind of conflicts. In recent history, uh, the conservatives are the hawks. They they are the ones who want to use American power to make the world safer in the long term. But now you have a conservative movement that is increasingly anti-intervention. You see it with the funding of Ukraine. Conservatives are pissed about that. The base of the GOP has become adamantly opposed to intervention in military conflicts of any kind, including Ukraine, for any reason. And, you know, some of this is political. If Trump did this, you wouldn't hear a word from MAGA. But since it's Biden, a lot of conservatives will just automatically oppose it. 
Uh, Trump, by the way, who's now still the standard bearer, I would say, for the Republican Party. He came out yesterday. He said this, quote, yet another war started by Biden. They said I would cause World War Three. A complete madman, I'm assuming that's Biden, is using the War Powers Act against Yemen with F-22 jets and Tomahawk missiles. Why? I will end all wars in just short time. <laughs> so Trump, not only is Trump will not get us into these conflicts, but he's going to end all the wars, all of, all of them in short, in just a, just a few days. It's amazing. Uh, again, this uh, war wasn't started by Biden, as, as Trump says. Uh, this was a war that was already going on. But I thought it was interesting that Trump mentioned the War Powers Act. Because a lot of those on the left are citing the War Powers Act, too, in order to criticize Biden. The, the, the War Powers Act was a law passed in Congress in the 70s in the wake of the Vietnam War. And basically what it does is it takes power away from the executive branch when it comes to using the military. It sets a whole bunch of rules and timelines and says the president has to consult with Congress. And if the president actually wants to go to war, the act says he has to get permission of Congress. But <laughs> the War Powers Act is meaningless. It, it, it's, it's meaningless. It's unenforceable. Its premise is dangerous. It basically says, well, if the president, who is in full control of the U.S. military, yeah, he, he can't use it unless he gets permission from 535 members of Congress, who, as we know, cannot agree on anything. The, the reason the founders put one guy in control of the military is so important decisions about how to protect the country were not dependent on Congress approving it. Because as we know, Congress is not great at approving things. They'll find some reason not to. The, the power that the president has as commander-in-chief is clearly written out in the Constitution. So presidents typically ignore the War Powers Act. And while Congress whines about it, when the president exercises his authority, the issue of whether the War Powers Act is legitimate hasn't even gone before the Supreme Court before. So there's no risk to the president in terms of, of, uh, of ignoring it. What's going on here is that there's a new strain, a new norm in the GOP, an anti-interventionist norm that has become pretty common uh, since Trump came along. Conservatives were kind of spooked by the failures in Iraq, in the Iraq war. Republicans took incredible damage politically for what happened. Uh, Bush became very unpopular. Obama got elected running against it. Bush, George W. Bush is now persona non grata in MAGA. They call him all sorts of terrible things. He's called a warmonger and a liar. Uh, and, and anyone right now who promotes military use or even soft power in terms of foreign conflicts is referred to as a warmonger or, uh, you know, MAGA has given the term neocon a whole new meaning. Neocon now just means any foreign policy hawk. And that includes Nikki Haley, who MAGA increasingly despises So for this particular reason. So the anti-interventionist wing of the GOP has gotten pretty powerful. They're kind of calling the shots right now. And they also like to brag, well, Trump didn't start any wars. Of course, Biden hasn't started any wars either. He has reacted to a variety of conflicts, but he hasn't started any big conflicts. He hasn't put American boots on the ground. That's what we typically mean when we talk about war. But it looks like the Trumpers have expanded the meaning. <laughs> and Trump apparently has even suggested that he wouldn't participate in NATO. 
if Article 5 was invoked. That's the part that says if any NATO country is attacked, we all come to that country's aid uh, militarily or otherwise. Well, militarily. You, you come to those other countries and you fight for them. Trump apparently, according to The Guardian, told European leaders that U.S. will never come to help you. Listen to this. Uh, Donald Trump told the president of the European Commission in 2020 that the U.S. would never come help if Europe was attacked and also said NATO is dead. That's according to a senior European commissioner. Multiple news outlets said the exchange between Trump and Ursula von der, I'm, I'm sorry, Ursula von der Leyen at the World Economic Forum in Davos in 2020 was described in Brussels by Tuesday. On Tuesday by Thierry Breton. And he's a French-European commissioner uh, with defense responsibilities. He said, you need to un- – uh, this, this is Trump again. You need to understand that if Europe is under attack, we will never come to help you and to support you. Wow. NATO is dead. We will leave. We will quit NATO. And a lot of what Trump is talking about there is that Trump believes, and, and not completely wrongly, that NATO isn't the, – the NATO countries besides the United States aren't really paying – their fair share, to use a Democratic Party term. They're not, they're not paying what they promised to pay into NATO. He's, he's not wrong about that. And one of his accomplishments in office was to get NATO to pay a little bit more, to get to, to, get to fund their, uh, their part of NATO. But threatening to quit? <laughs> I mean, God, that's a, that's a big thing. That's a really big thing for Trump to say, if he said it. Of course, this is a secondhand account. I don't know, but it sounds like something Trump would say. Sometimes with Trump, you can read the accounts of things that he's denied saying, and you can say, no, 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 you, you definitely said that. You definitely said that. Now, look, no one likes war, okay? No one. I don't care what, what you call people, warmongers or or neocons, contrary to what many on the right say, there is no evidence that our and, and some on the left, there's no evidence that our politicians start wars or conflicts simply for the benefit of defense contractors or to enrich themselves. That's a cynical take. It's too cynical. The so-called military-industrial complex. That's a myth. I believe politicians, especially presidents, take the issue of war very seriously. But there is responsibility that comes along with having the world's strongest military. America is capable of doing things and taking actions uh, of providing aid to others that increase the chance of long-term peace throughout the world. Sometimes wars increase the chance of peace. We did it in World War I. We did it in World War II. We did it with a military buildup during the Cold War that the left opposed. And yes, we've had upsetting times. Vietnam, Iraq, those were were terribly deadly. They were poorly thought out. But that doesn't mean that the intentions weren't good and just. Just because those wars went poorly, it doesn't mean there was no good reason to go in in the first place. That's what we forget. And now you have Russia, a huge geopolitical rival of the U.S. Everybody agrees going into a sovereign country and just trying to take it. They're targeting and bombing civilians just just for a war of conquest. Of course, we need to help Ukraine. We need to. If we don't, if we just let Russia steamroll through the country, then Russia and other bad actors throughout the world are going to think that they can just do the same thing in other countries. You, you seriously don't think China is watching this? I, I know the you know, Republicans are, 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 hate China. 
Right now, there's an anti-China strain in the Republican Party, which is very, very powerful. You don't think China's watching this and saying, waiting to see what we do? If we give up in Ukraine, if we do that, that's like giving China the green light to invade Taiwan. It's not a matter of money. We, we have the money. I hear this a lot. People are like, well, why, why are we fighting wars when we could be taking care of homeless veterans? No, no, that's not how it works. We have money to do what we're doing in Ukraine and anywhere else, really, and we can still meet our our uh, domestic priorities. It's not it's not as if we're we're not spending money on domestic matters because it's going to Ukraine instead. That's not how the that's not how government spending works. Now, eventually, not sure if it will be in our lifetime, but eventually, we're going to have a conflict that requires American boots on the ground. It's been true throughout history. What will the circumstances be in that conflict? I have no clue. Probably start somewhere in the Middle East, though. But as of right now, America is leaning in a direction that I'm not comfortable with politically. We are abandoning our principles and allowing the world to become a more dangerous place for our kids, for our grandkids. Uh, Look, we know this about the United States. We don't start wars unless we believe there's a real threat to world stability, or to ourselves. We don't do wars of conquest. We don't go and we didn't, we didn't bomb Japan or go to Iraq to just take over and, and do whatever we wanted with their resources. We don't target civilians. We're, we're the good guys here. It's pretty clear. We stand up to tyranny and dictatorships and murderous regimes. And we're pretty much the only country capable of doing it. And I don't think we should take that responsibility lightly, but it is a responsibility that we have as a nation of our size with unprecedented military strength and with the values that we hold as Americans. I I think that's important. I I really do. I think America is special, not necessarily um, deemed special by God. No, not necessarily that. We're we're more than just a landmass and our history makes us that way. Our ability to stop really terrible things from happening in the world. It's proven over and over and over again. I think that's a good thing. Some people don't or some people have forgotten what America has done in the past. But we need to be very, very careful about this non-interventionist, isolationist strain that's been part of the left's philosophy for many, many decades and now is starting to creep into the right. I'm Dan Joseph. New video is up on YouTube, Dan Joseph 78 It's on DEI, why it's uh, not so good, as Trump would say. It's not, it's not so good. My Facebook page is still down, so please subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. You've been listening to Dan Joseph's America. Have a great weekend.